Welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. And this is a very special episode as this is our, um, it's kind of like the old days when you used to have the big uh, 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 holiday specials. This is our spooktacular That's right, folks. It is our Halloween episode, and not only is it uh, being hosted by me, your MC, and of course, Charlie, but we have special guests with us, just like they would have done back in the old days. We have Nosferatu Nate. Uh-oh. We have our special musical guest, the Sinister Sludge. What's up, people? Of course, we have Cadaver Charlie. I was wondering if I get a nickname. It was that or old corpsey, and I am <laughs> Dead Man Dan. As we like to welcome you to the Halloween edition of Give Me Back My Action Movies. Yes, it's a Dead Man Dan's party. Dead Man <laughs> Dan's party. Oh man, awesome. I should have got. I should put Oingo nice. Boingo on this. Yeah, I that know that would have been the perfect <laughs> moment. Oh well. All right, so everyone, we'd like to uh, f- first and foremost thank Sludge for coming on to the show again. Nate, you don't get a thanks. You're you're part of the network now. So you, thank well, you. Well, Sludge is too, but he's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like the next door neighbor that makes the special appearances during the eighty sitcom things. That's right. Just, I'm Jefferson. That's what I. That's I'm not as cool as him, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to be doing this Halloween episode, and if you've seen, well, obviously you saw the title. It is the movie Dead Heat. Just an ordinary just I hope you are ready for 1988's um, version of um, what was that movie they made where they were supposed to be ghost cops? It was an R.I.P.D. or something. Oh, the the recent one with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jeff Bridges. Yes. Yep. Yes. I will argue one. that this movie's better. I think equal. I think I I think equal because the special effects definitely blow it away in RIP. Definitely, but it's missing the awesome high caliber one liners of Dead Heat. (laughs) It's missing the everything that Dead Heat has. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. That's exactly what it's missing. And more. (laughs) I was yelling at my TV when there were some people showing up because I was so excited because I thought I'd seen this movie before. And I was dead wrong. <laughs> oh, there's so many people in this one. This movie afforded me the opportunity to see Ralphie's dad shoot people with an Uzi. Yep, yep. That, you don't always get yeah. You don't always get that in these type of movies. You do not. All right, let's go ahead and start off with the trailer. Here we go. There's definitely something very weird going on here. Detective Roger Mortis has a problem. He's dead. But Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive. We have something on the monitor, Captain. That's okay. Don't get up. Hold you not to get up. Now... He's got 12 hours to solve the toughest murder case of his career. His own. What is this thing? Very ugly. Get down! 
it. From now on, I'm a vegetarian. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Treat Williams. Sit down. And Joe Piscopo are dead heat. You shoot them, they don't die. You can't keep a good cop dead. Charlie, there's all your one-liners that you guys wanted so bad. <laughs> They're all in yeah. the trailer. <laughs> Filled with them. How awesome is the trailer that I'm even more hyped to watch the movie again now? Like, just I listen to yeah. that. <laughs> I am just as excited now. It's like, I, forget recording this. I want to go watch Dead Heat right I, now. I think I may force the wife to watch it tonight. <laughs> I still think Treat Williams' character has the best name in movie history. Oh, Roger absolutely. Mortis. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if people know this, but rigor mortis is when you die and your limbs stiffen. That way, you know, Roger Mortis is kind of a fun play of words. Oh, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what Nate just said is going to, it's going to kind of be his shtick as it goes in this show. <laughs> because he did this in a, in a future show you guys haven't heard yet. Don't and, worry. Uh, I have another shtick that's going to be coming up later. <laughs> Man, Dan busted out the priest early in this episode. <laughs> well, Nate, you forced me. You, you, you forced my hand. So. <laughs> All right. So, Dead Heat, 1988's R-rated, one hour, 26-minute uh, one-liner fest, as we have already discussed. It, uh, let's see, let me get down here to the budget. It was a budget of $5 million and grossed worldwide $3,588,626. So did not make its money back. Uh, you know, this, this film was written and directed by folks that went on to have careers that wasn't necessarily writing and directing careers. The no. director, Mark Glob Goldblatt, rather, he went on to do a lot of editing for some very famous movies. Uh, none of the least would be Terminator 2, X-Men, True Lies, Starship Troopers, etc., etc. Uh, he only really directed three movies, including this one. Uh, so Dead Heat, this really big piece of crap called the punisher with Dolph Lundgren Dan's and favorite movie oh, love Dan's movie. favorite interpretation of the punisher his favorite character and a tv episode of eerie indiana so uh you know he went on to like i said have a very good career but it's mostly all in editing whereas the writer of this terry black who is related to charlie shane black the younger brother of shane black he went on to, well, okay, he wrote some video games later on. He he wrote this. He wrote five episodes of Tales from the Crypt, um, a couple episodes of Stil Silk Stockings, and a couple video games. I want to hunt down those episodes of Tales from the Crypt now after yeah. watching this. Yeah. yeah, not as a prolific yeah. um, um, career as his brother Shane necessarily. No, but 
I feel like he. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I love with, this movie, so to me, he's yeah, top notch. <laughs> if he would have stuck with writing screenplays, who knows what kind of like yeah, uh, you know, other dimension Terry Black films we would have. Like, I wish he would have. I wish Mark Goldblatt would have made more, but it's unfortunate that his two movies he made flopped, and studios were probably hesitant to give him millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's probably it. So. Let's go ahead and get started right away with talking about a little bit of the synopsis of this movie. If you're not familiar with Dead Heat, I I was I I knew what it was ish. I had heard of it, but I had never seen it. Well, so you, you Charlie, you sh- well, you should have known about this because there was uh, an article written uh, a year ago. It was, uh, was in it? October of last year, wasn't yeah, October it? October last year, uh, there was this article that made its way around the internet uh, about Dead Heat. I forget who the writer of that was. Uh, I oh, quote, I, uh, I quote was, Egon, print is dead. Yeah, it was me <laughs> who wrote it. <laughs> so that's how all of you, except for Tristan, Tristan knew. That's how all of you knew oh, yeah. this of is a Dead childhood Heat. movie for me. It, it's a childhood movie for him. I found it later. This is also a year in the making of me and Tristan bonding over this movie going. he's He literally goes to me and says, if you ever do this movie on the podcast, I have to be on there. And oh, I am I, making yep. good on my promise. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> Go ahead and throw out a quick synopsis of Dead Heat. Nate, tag in. All right. Two cops, Dead Heat, zombies, the undead are now robbing jewelry stores. And one of the cops ends up dead, and now they have to solve his death, all while giving one-liners and hitting on the babes. Dead heat. Nate's got this down, man. Uh, that's, that's, Nate's <laughs> that was, the synopsis guy from now on. Boom. That was the best synopsis ever. He may <laughs> yeah. just have to record all synopses, and we will just drop them in the episode. I'm, I'm hiring Nate for the monster we stomped down. Yeah. Well. You're welcome, <laughs> world. That's pretty good. That that's was fantastic. All right, so now that you know the synopsis of the movie, let's go ahead and start talking about some of the uh, some of the reasons that the crew loved this movie. And let's start with our guest Tristan. Man, this was a childhood f- film of mine. Like I mean, I was real young when it came out, but early in my childhood as my father who uh some of you listening to this may know him Mark from the Monster We Stop Down graciously introduced his five-year-old son being me to nightmare on elm street at the age of five <laughs> super parenting uh and quickly uh got me into anything and everything horror plus we watched tons of action movies so i think i was probably like i don't know maybe seven eight when i first saw this film and it introduced me to treat williams who i'm a big fan of we did deep rising on our show uh because of treat williams um i saw this movie as a kid and fell in love with it i think we rented it from I couldn't find it anywhere, but the, there was a blockbuster near my home in in Florida that I would rent this from almost religiously, like constantly rented it. Then when we moved, I couldn't find it ever again and didn't find it again until probably a few years ago. Seen it on TV here and there, but finding an actual copy was almost, it was non-existent. Um, so for me, this was just, I was a big fan of the Lethal Weapon series growing up, big fan of horror movies. Uh, so I love Buddy Cop, loved, you know, zombie films. This was the perfect duo of those style of films for me and amazing one-liners i'm a sucker for one-liners this movie's full of it plus it has a lot of classic faces in it that i enjoyed obviously vincent price i'm a big horror movie fan vincent's probably one of my absolute favorites Um, i have no complaints on this movie whatsoever it makes me smile and laugh and um 
it's almost like for me this movie that that, that feel good feeling that people get when they watch a Christmas story at Christmas time that's what I get when I watch Dead Heat all the time like it's just it just brings glee and joy to my heart when I watch this movie it's so much fun super nostalgic to me um you'll not hear any complaints from me out of this movie great I mean special effects aren't I mean they're, no they're great they're great for the 80s um a lot of blood and guts it's gooey as Pete likes to say when we, yes. when we talk about movies it is super gooey um uh, the the scene that sticks out especially to me is when Randy, the one of the female characters uh, who works for Dante, the the company that makes this resurrection machine in the movie, uh, she uh, apologizes uh, to um, Treat Williams' character in the bathroom. She starts to melt down uh, just from you know realizing she's oh all of a sudden she's she's been dead the whole time. Yeah. But for somehow a lot of the stuff in this movie makes no sense, but it doesn't matter because it's so much fun. Um, she's not been decomposing like treat has all of a sudden she de- decomposes and melts down in like 30 seconds. And it is absolutely epic. And then her skull apologizes finally. So I don't know how it could verbally have done that, but it doesn't matter. This movie is so much fun. And I, I want to talk about probably my favorite scene, but I also know it's Charlie's favorite scene in the movie. Oh, so I'm going to yeah, say it for, here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that for Charlie. Um, it is an absolute, when, when this movie, you don't think this movie could get any more ridiculous and better. It, it throws you a bone because it just gets yeah. better oh, and more yeah. ridiculous as it goes on. Um, oh, yeah. Tons of great um, people popping up. I mean, of course, you got Treat Williams and stuff. And we've talked about this before or earlier, uh, the amount of people that's in it. I mean, like Robert Picardo, uh, who plays Lieutenant in the beginning. Most people see him from a lot of like B movies. I mean, he was in this. He was in Gremlins 2. He's in Munchies, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, you know, the wrestler Tanaka's in this, uh, key, uh, key Luke, who's actually in both Gremlins movies. He's the, uh, old Chinese guy who has the Mogwai. He's in yep. this. Um, he's actually was the original Kato back in the forties in case anybody didn't know that. Um, a lot of cool people showing up in this movie. So, I mean, it, for me, it's eighties music, eighties one liners, great action film, great horror movie tons of freaking fun uh i i couldn't complain plus you're you know we're talking about terry black earlier being a writer and not being as good as shane black shane black actually made a cameo in this movie it was his second cameo in his uh movie career yep so i, I have no no complaints i love this film i can keep talking about it so i'm gonna pass the baton to whoever dan decides <laughs> oh that's fine man that's great all right nate you're up mr synopsis oh Everything that Tristan just said is correct. Like, this was my first viewing of the movie. I thought I had seen it before, especially, like, when I had read Charlie's article a year ago. I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds familiar. And then once I started watching it, I was like, nope, definitely have not seen this one. And this is, like, the perfect, I'd almost say, like, a parody movie because, like, it hits every single checklist of what you would want from an 80s, like, B-rated horror movie and spoofing on like what was popular at the time with 80s action movies like it just found a way to marry everything together so beautifully and so awesome i mean the movie starts out with a classic like diamond heist by these two thugs and their way of getting to the jewelry is shooting the glass that holds the jewelry thus effectively (laughs) shooting the jewelry like i i just i was killing me and like all the special effects the blood splatters like when I think back of like these movies that we all love from back then, the VHS era, these special effects are what comes to my mind. Like um, 
the way that the blood just squirts out of people, the way that there are just an incredible ambulance car crash that happens in this movie later on that I don't understand how nobody died when filming that. Because um, he was already dead, Nate. It, oh, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> he was, he was already dead. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. A lot of people die in this. <laughs> save it for the body count. Save it for the body count, though. Um, even down to just the way that the guns sound, there is ridiculous, over-the-top, crazy music that is playing sometimes in the background that's just like the musical score, and no one ever has to reload, ever, whatsoever. Um, Actually, Tree, Tree Williams, or he does reload. He reloads like twice. Yeah, but I mean, they're Uzis. They're like <laughs> Mac 10s. But yeah, he actually, because you say that, that cracks me up because I actually did see him reload in this movie. I went, wait a minute. What's he doing with the well, clip you guys are bandolier? You, you say that if you pay attention, several of the like thugs have Uzis with the clips taped to each other so they can flip it real oh, quick so and reload. Yep. And then Treat at the end grabs an entire gun belt of Uzi clips <laughs> from like, one of the like security 12 cars. clips on his yeah, thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 12 clips, a grenade, all this other stuff is on this belt that he just casually grabs off of a security car. <laughs> How did we not get Treat and Joe to play like off each other in different movies throughout time? Thank How you. did that not happen? Thank you. That's, that's I, been I my know. question forever. I, those two worked off each other so well. And like when I was looking up history on this movie, like those guys were working 12 to 18 hours a day on this movie yeah. and were having a blast. Like, well, it was only I, like a 36 or 37 day shoot, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, some scenes with those two in this one, I mean, honestly, to me, was better as far as the like the chemistry between them than, you know, Mel Gibson and, and Danny Glover than in Lethal Weapon. And I love the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. Um, those are oh. like, if I'm depressed, I'm putting a Lethal Weapon movie on because it makes me feel better. Uh, Treat and Joe were there. Yeah, they were phenomenal. There should have been so many more movies with those two together. Well, you bring that up, and but you have to look at it like this. Treat and Joe in this, you know, Doug and Roger have been partners for a while. You know, this isn't like they were just thrown together like Murtaugh and Riggs. Or, That's true. You know, yeah. Wasn't it like 12 years they said, or yeah, you know, they, were... they, they've been, yeah, they were in uh training in the Academy together. Right, so right, yeah, right, they've, yeah. they've come up together and they, they play that as if they had been, I mean, their, their banter between each other. It's almost like classic Laurel and Hardy kind of stuff, you know, the, the straight man, which obviously is the Treat Williams character, and then the goofball, you know, Joe Piscopo is perfection. To me. Right out I, the I gate, too, it. because, like, once you're introduced to these characters, they're driving in a car, and Treat's like, I, you didn't tell me that we are dressing up as undercover cops today, because he's like, I look like a full-on FBI agent, and uh, Joe Piscopo is in a uh, leather jacket with an amazing mullet and just, like, chilling. <laughs> driving a cherry red chevy 60 impala man I beautiful mean, this thing grabs you the second the movie starts it's fantastic this is this is 80s all over it oozes as sludge put it it's gooey with 80s <laughs> so gooey so gooey with 80s in all the right ways yeah that's really disgusting <laughs> exactly that's really disgusting that of course was Joe Piscopo 
during this film. So the drops I'm going to use are mostly the ones from this film. So, but I'm just going to throw them in there. I think when they're relevant at this point. Well, yeah, like you said, we we caught most of them in the trailer inadvertently because yeah, so, we're yeah. all like, "What's your favorite line?" And we're spitting them off, and then we're all sitting here listening to the trailer, going, "Ah." Yeah, there, it is. there it is it was the mixtape of one-liners right there for us i could have that trailer as a, as a ringtone that's what i could do i'm gonna go ahead and play my favorite from the movie just to get it out of the way sorry to interrupt your erection pal but we'd like to speak with the management of this facility yeah and, and, and that's when they show up to the pharmaceutical uh manufacturer and the 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 office guy the the front desk guy is reading like a playboy and yeah he won't listen to him they're like cops and he's like eh, cops eh. and that's when piscopo is like hey dude i know you you got a bone and stuff but we you know we're cops we need you to to listen to us man and i, and I don't know and i should have looked this up but i it, both times i watched it because i watched it last night and today like charlie did um that the guy who plays that, um, you know, clerk or that office, their desk guy right there in that quote, uh, he was it just me or did he look like a young David Harbor? Oh, yeah, he really did. Like, like I was, oh, I but yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That I kept looking at him going, it's familiar, very familiar, yeah, like, like face features could that, and everything. Could that be David Harbor? I don't know. You know, I, I meant yeah. to look that up, but he looks just like him. Like in an uh, uncredited role? Yeah. And for a movie that really doesn't have a ton of people in it, you know, it, it's hard to tell. Uh, I'm looking, I don't see a David Harbor on there. I don't even see like what his uh, name would even be in here. You know, you would think like Guy with Girly Mag would be his uh, character yeah. name. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not seeing it on What here. a way to go down in history. Yeah, Guy mm. with Girly Mag. That's, that is wild. That he's you know what the fact that this movie has so many little cameos and not just cameos but like you said like vincent price he's a big deal in this um mm -hmm. yeah. you know, i screamed uh, when he came up on screen because i wasn't paying attention when the movie was like starting up because it was just the the opening scroll of all everyone's like that's in the movie mm -hmm. so i didn't see that he was in this like his name popping up because i was like prepping up dinner and stuff and uh when he came on i was like oh yeah, <laughs> you're like halfway through the movie before he shows up so well, he shows yeah. up like on, in the tv first yeah yeah no but that's about halfway you know he, yeah uh, i guess Roger's so. already dead they're mm -hmm. hunting down the lady from the lab and she's got the videotape she's trying to ditch town so you and they pop it in and it's like all of a sudden this like decrepit dying looking vincent price you're like oh crap that's vincent price because like <laughs> yeah. you the first time I watched it, I wasn't like reading the cast or anything. I just knew, you know, Joe Piscopo, Treat Williams, movie zombie cops. That that's all I cared about when I watched it. And you had a couple moments like you also had that. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, um, it's Beth something or other. But she's actually she was most she was in like Scream Three. She's like one of the lab techs, but she was most famously known because she's the woman in that John Bon Jovi video. Um, I she's oh, in she's in yeah. this, she's like got a brief scene. She was in uh um. Uh, 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 gosh, she don't know me. She was in that video. Okay, uh, she's she's in this for like a brief moment as a lab tech or something like that in the in the Dante office. Which the Dante office, if anybody else noticed, by the way, is the same set that was used for Biodome. Yeah, yes, I did see that. Yep. Yes, <laughs> the 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 thing that I was I'm looking through, you know, I'm looking through the cast and I'm watching a movie and such, 
And because as I'm watching this, because I don't have the nostalgic feels like you guys do necessarily. So I'm watching it. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at IMDb. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the phone. And I noticed Martha Quinn, MTV's VJ fame, Martha Quinn is in this as a newscaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, all right, that is the most rando Fernando (laughs) placement of a actor, actress, you know, that I can imagine in this particular movie. Well, I'm sure it's just, we need someone to read this line and show up in this one clip, you know, Mm -hmm. will you do it type situation. Talking about people that look like other people. The first time I watched this, the girl that plays Randy James, uh, her name's Lindsay Frost. I swear she was the girl from uh, Universal Soldier, the reporter. That's it. Yeah, even today, I was like, man, who is this chick? Because I never looked her up. You know, But she's not. Movie. It's not her. It's not her? That's how close. She looks just like her. I'm she talking really does. like doppelganger, because I just watched Universal Soldier a couple days ago, and I'm doing it again, and I had already looked this up whenever I was doing my article, that I was like, I, I swear that's who she is. I mean, that, there's no doubt that's her in my mind. No, not, 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 not even her, man. She, wow, she jumps into, um, like soap opera type movies. I think she was in, um, collateral with, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Collateral damage. She's also in the yep. ring, but it's like, I don't recognize no. her at all from the ring, but I'm, I'm saying straight doppelganger, like monolith. What? She was in monolith with Bill Paxton. Yes. That's why, that's probably why she's very recognizable to me as well. I'm, I'm going to, whenever this drops, I'm going to put up a little picture of her and the girl from Universal Soldier and see, see how crazy we are. It's just, let's everybody see just how close she looks like that chick. Well, Tristan, why don't you go ahead and tell us your, we're going to go ahead and we're going to leave Nate out in the wind for just a second here <laughs> because I want your favorite scene of the movie. And I know that it's also Charlie's favorite scene of the movie. So I'll have you guys tag team this thing together real quick. But Tristan, being the guest, you go ahead and start talking about your favorite scene of the movie. Charlie, you chime in, and uh, <laughs> Nate, you you hush for a second. I think this might be my favorite scene too. But oh, it's, it's cool. and it's so hard to choose, man. Because <laughs> as the scenes go on, it's like that's my favorite. No, that's my favorite. No, that's my favorite. It hands down goes to when we get to meet the character, uh, uh, Mister Thule, who is the uh, grandpa or the old guy from Gremlins um, yeah. in his Chinese restaurant. And then, of course, the famous wrestler Tanaka, who's got a brief Professor Toroku Tanaka. Oh, man, he, he's awesome in that one. When he cuts his badge in half, it's it's, it's epic. But they go looking for him to, to get some information to find out who killed Roger. And uh, they're in a Chinese restaurant. There's ducks everywhere. There's pigs. And Dr. Mr. Thule decides he's going to show them how this works and turns on a miniature version of the machine that's used to the resurrection machine. Yep. And everything comes to life. Every headless ducks, skinless ducks, a, you know, a roasted pig. And you don't think it gets any crazier because they're trying to fight these off. You got duck. You know, it, it's it's gooey and brilliant yes. pecking it at their faces. They're shooting them with guns. Uh, one of the you know best lines in the movie, I think was one of our drops was from this scene. And if it doesn't get any better all out of the freezer comes this massive, you know, uh, cow. Uh, cow. Yeah. Just uh, I mean, this headless this... footless. It's just, it's just the body, you know, it's, yeah, it's picture what you would see hanging in a butcher shop on the hook, you know, just these like the side of beef, but both sides are still together. And it is, running 
at Treat Williams after Treat Williams gets attacked by the largest liver I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting there going like, you know, as they're going through it, kind of like as they kill these zombies, you're, you're, you're trying to think of like, go, go for the head, you know, do all this other stuff. That doesn't work here because a liver is alive. The, the duck heads are alive by themselves. The wings in the fry basket are dancing around in the oil and this headless side of beef just charges treat Williams. And Oh my God. I, lo- I love <laughs> that whole movie. scene is absolutely brilliant. And to make it even better after they, I mean, they're, you know, fighting off this plethora of a, Ch- a Chinese buffet. Um, they make it, you know, through it and they get into the, uh, doc- or Mr. Thule's office and he's got this little miniature like test machine <laughs> of the resurrection. It's got duck head on there and, and Doug is playing with it and the duck starts quacking and it, Roger's trying to talk to him, and then he finally just walks over and just squeezes the duck's mouth with his fingers, and you hear the duck just like, oh, it's brilliant. This, this, that whole scene is freaking cinema gold, in my opinion. Hey, Nate, did that switch look familiar to you, sir, that he used That little three-inch switch? The, the three-inch <laughs> switch. You guys, you guys uh, this will be are, after, so we're good. They've, yes. they've heard the From Beyond episode. You'll understand <laughs> the the inside joke of the three-inch switch. Three-inch exa- switch. You guys missed, though, the one thing that turned into a zombie that had me rolling. The oh, eggs. All the eggs. Oh, they that's just right. The eggs start to come to life. Yeah. But because they're eggs, they just explode. <laughs> and I was like, that's the number 12 on the menu. Like, I, I don't care how many times I've seen this. I see something else come to life in that. You know, oh, the ducks are the all hanging heads? upside. The fish heads, like, start moving their mouths. Um, <laughs> there's a movie in the 90s, John Leguizamo's The Pest. And he yes. goes into the Chinese yes. place and he's like, quacky. Oh God, quacky. I'm saying that <laughs> Jackie's losing it. Cause she's seen that movie too. And all the duck heads are dancing. And I'm like, Oh no, not quacky. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I wondered too, during that scene, when it was happening, like what if someone accidentally turned on that machine late night while closing? <laughs> I, I, that, that's just a, look, <laughs> that, that place was could have very well happened. That place was not very sanitary before all that started no, happening. No, no. And I love when uh which meant which means Williams, the food's great. Exactly. It's the it's Treat the best. shoot Tatanka and he instantly dies and Doug's just like oh, one bullet killed him. He's like, not everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone's dead. It's sub zero from running man. And this is a running thing yeah. Dan and I have had in the show that every time we talk about it, Dan talks about him. He's like, yeah, you know, from Sub Zero, and I'm like, yeah, the butcher from Dead Heat, also. He's like, yeah, <laughs> and you can you can also tell how quiet Dan's been because he messaged me last night at this scene, like, what am what what just happened? You had me till this scene. What's going on? <laughs> you mean the best scene? <laughs> no, it's it's just absolute brilliance. I think. That's it. From now on, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that there right there. Yeah, yeah. So when the beef breaks out, <laughs> how do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in a one sauce. Uh, that's that's my pick. That was my drop. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And just for, so that we do honor um, Professor Tanaka. Listen, Mongo, we're cops, and if Thule's not out here in ten seconds, we're gonna kick some honorable ass. Yeah, and that's when he chops the badge in half with yep. a, a big meat cleaver. And not, not only that, but he has a butcher's apron on, but no shirt. You know, yeah. so it's just 
skin and sweat and everything. And he's code. in there. <laughs> exactly. We're not worried yeah, about like, the health department coming in on that. No, one. no. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty, pretty um, gruesome. So you guys were talking about all those creatures coming to life and the special effects there. What about the thing? The thing. What is this thing? Very ugly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Where did that? Because it's like a two-faced, two-headed. It's uh, one head, but two. It looks like a troll from Ernest Scares Stupid, but so a biker. It does like Trantor. <laughs> yes, it's it's three slices of a face, and what it does is it confuses your eyes because there's three noses, and as we look at people, we know there's a center line to a face, and that's what we can tell that's a face. But because they did three, your eyes can never focus completely on what that creature is unless you like pause the video and actually look at it. But when it's moving, he's almost like this blur the entire time you're looking at him. And it's, I think they did it on purpose to kind of give you this uneasy, like this guy's otherworldly or, you know, some other not human that's attacking Joe Piscopo at that time. And I, I think it's brilliant. Whoever came up with that, that needs to happen more in movies. I loved it. I agree. Like that's it. That, whatever it was. Yeah. looked absolutely great. And I like the way they it, shot that. Very effective. Yeah. So during the fight with him, and that's basically where Roger ends up dying in the facility. And uh, they use the, they find the resurrection machine and that's how he comes back to life. And they discover that they, all these zombie bad guys, basically, that they're yeah. trying to fight now and, and figure things out. Um, so, you know, it's an important port, part of the movie is that, like you guys said, the buddy cop aspect of Joe Piscopo's character, Treat Williams' character back and forth with each other. Because, like, after he dies, Piscopo is so bummed about this. You know, he, he doesn't, he, he's, he's having really a lot of trouble processing it. Yeah, he lost his best friend, you know. That's... Right, in an accident. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I guess Rogers, on again, off again, ex girlfriend type character is the like assistant coroner. I assume is her position. That's what it movie. seemed like as they yeah. as they played on that. You know, you got the buddy cop dynamic, but she's the one that's always like the conscience. She's like, "Oh, you should, uh, uh, you know, do this, and you should come back to the lab. We can maybe help you and this, this, and this, and this." And the two guys are still very eighties gung-ho gonna go get the bad guy gonna go get the bad yeah. guy you know it's it's it was kind of a neat dynamic the way they did it yeah that that part was neat. i, I want to two things before we pass this part um the first thing is the most disturbing part of the movie was right there when he got put into the uh, decompression room which is basically a room where they euthanize animals from testing and suck all the oxygen out so that's how he dies um did anyone else notice the poor puppy in a little yes. basket that. next to the room. So she literally says, this is sometimes, unfortunately, this is where we have to put them down sometimes. Well, while they're fighting the thing and he gets bumped into the room, they keep, the camera keeps cutting to this dog in the hallway in a crate. And mm-hmm. you have to go, oh shit, that dog was supposed to go in there. It's this cute little puppy. And I'm like, that's more disturbing then the thing with three faces running around all over the place. I was like, that's messed up. Exactly. (laughs) So, and number two, what you were just saying about her as being the conscious, 
I'll buy that. Had they left out the part that sh- her first reaction was, hey, let's hawk him up on top of the resurrection machine <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that whole scene itself is, and this lets you know how brilliant the movie is, because if you think about it, like, where's security? Like, they just let them in this room that's supposed to be top secret, and yeah. she knows how to fire up all this stuff, and it makes no sense plot-wise, but just it getting does. him to be resurrected. But you don't care, because it's, no. it's so fun. No, the movie's so fast-paced and well done that it, I can overlook that because obviously you have to get to that point. I right. mean, there's even a, a a whole nother subplot of someone killed him. It wasn't that he got locked in the room. Someone else turned it on, and we don't see that face right away. So there's a lot going on in here to process, and I was just like, but still, I'm, I'm like focused on a poor little puppy that was next in line, uh, his girlfriend hooked him up on the machine, like, yep, let's just see what goes here. She's, like, typing in, like, he died from this, died from asphyxiation, he's this. And I'm like, why does the machine need to know all that? Why can't you just hit the button, electricity turns on, and boom, he's back alive. Sorry, Dan, that was my points I wanted to make before we passed. No, no, by all <laughs> means. I mean, because there's a lot of this movie, and I'm watching it going, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Why in the hell is that the situation? But it's the 80s. Does it really yeah, need it to make sense? It all made perfect sense. <laughs> At the end of it, I just went, eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there and I was watching it, and I was trying to make heads or tails, and then I remember this. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not supposed to make any sense. I, I no, forgot about no, that. No, I honestly thought me, right? <laughs> you would have killed Doug and not Roger. Oh, like, oh, just because of him being like the comic guy, it, it would have been well, that, him like getting bit. He'd be the guy that got bit. Like, oh, they don't turn you into zombies. I, 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 no, I no, no. Going. I see where you're yeah. going with that because that would have been what we expect. Yet, yeah. What they did was what we didn't expect, which makes it better. We're left with the wisecracking cop to try and help solve this murder. And I guess ultimately, once it happens, you realize, oh, well. Roger's still running around. We still get the same buddy cop duo the entire movie, but I'm with you. The first time I watched it, you're you're fully expecting Doug to bite and it at first. By yeah. the time it gets to the end, you're like, it needed to be Roger that turns. It had to be Roger that died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's that, like, character arc is glorious. Well, what's weird about it is, like I said, I never saw this movie, but I had an inkling of what it was about. So I'm watching it going, okay, one of these guys is going to get killed, and they're going to be like a ghost. And it's going to be a ghost floating around in corporeal ghost, helping out his partner track down the killer. That's what I'm thinking the entire time. I'm watching it going, okay, when's Piscopo going to get killed? All right, because he's obviously going to be the one that gets killed, because he's like, oh, look, I'm a ghost now. Hoo, ha, ha, joke, joke. And I'm watching it going, no, no. Oh, they're going to kill the other guy. Okay. I was like, that's a pretty good little twist. I kind of like that. I was like, all right. And he becomes kind of sarcastic. He kind of becomes real like, ass ah, screwed. I'm dead. I guess now I can be a, a kind of a, and by the end of the movie, he's a real jackass kind of yeah, character yeah. because he's like, he's like, ah, who cares now? You know? Yeah. I feel like I've seen that movie though you were describing, like some kind of ghost cop or something like that. I can, I yeah, Dan's got me curious about it. a ghost cop movie. Yeah. Now. There's got to be a ghost cop the movie or something out there. Guys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this could be your ticket, Dan. I feel like this is our calling. <laughs> Nate and Dan presents Ghost Cop. Ghost Cop. <laughs> ghost Cops Revenge. Music by Sludge. <laughs> there we uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, starring Charlie. 
We'll get posters uh, to direct it. Yeah, exactly. Ghost Cop coming to the theater near you. All right, so while you guys all look up Ghost Cop and get your tickets for that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. So stick around as we listen to more. Give me back my action movie, the spooky Halloween edition. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just how drunk are we gonna get? Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Christ. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Oh, the magic of live drops. I love them so much. So I, I will say it does make editing a heck of a lot easier. You are. Yeah. Big fan. So, Tristan, with you being a fellow podcaster, you, you like live drops? I do. Um, it makes things easier. We actually just now started getting to where we're doing those. Um, I used to edit ours in. And, yeah, uh, live drops are way easier to oh, handle yeah. when it comes to editing. So much easier. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I agree. Nate, you don't you don't edit. You don't know. I nope, nope. I've offered to help, you know, <laughs> so maybe one time it'll come. No, maybe, just, but I, I, I enjoy it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it feels like Charlie's got it down pat right now. Dan Dan made me dread it so bad until I started doing it for the horror show and I'm like, This is awesome. Yeah, just, What's a, he just talking a, about just enjoy the ride, Nate. Like I don't let Mark or Ruben edit anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they would edit it certain ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would. Exactly. No Robocop references, a bunch of Titanic nope. music. It would just be all it'd be all lies of me loving Godzilla ninety eight or Titanic. 
they would find every <laughs> audio of you doing it. There would be like this fifteen minute segment. Yeah. Which one? Okay, so which one was the was Godzilla ninety eight? Was that the one with Matthew Broderick? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was horrific. It is an absolute turd fest. Yeah, yep. it's really bad. I saw it in the theater because I was all excited. Same. And I saw it in the theater, and then I left, and I was like, well, I hate Godzilla and everything that's ever been now because that movie was that bad. Oh, man, that was the most disappointing thing. <laughs> like, I mean, being such a massive Godzilla fan as I am and so pumped to go to the theaters to see that because that was, that was going to be my first in-theater experience of Godzilla. I yep. walked out the most pissed-off kid on Earth. I was furious. <laughs> Yeah, me and Benny were not happy. We went and watched that at the Richlands Mall, and God, that was horrible. We were so pumped for that movie. Up Sorry, in Mansfield? No, no, Rich, no, Richlands. Oh. Dan knows oh, okay. where Richlands okay. is. I'd say <laughs> I do not. Hey, Nate, blink. Yep, missed it. <laughs> so, actually, it's funny because where Charlie lives, Richlands was the big town close uh, to yeah. it. Kind of, yeah. yeah. About the size of Lebanon, you know. It had a mall. You, you are correct. So, yeah, it, it had a mall. Had it only had, like, three stores in it, but it had a mall. Less now. And that's where the GameStop was. Not anymore. Oh, is it gone? <laughs> Dude, it was the weirdest GameStop, by the way, because it was just a strip mall, right? And yeah. there was a Walmart in there and some other things. And then on the end was, like, I think Advanced Auto Parts. And then there was just a door in the side of the wall, and it said GameStop above it. It was kind of like this, the door between RST Video and the Quick Stop on Clerks. Yeah. It was just a <laughs> random door in the side of the wall. It looked like it was such an afterthought. It was Yeah, it's, it's like they forgot, like, hey, there's supposed to be a door there. And they're like, let's just cut through the block. And they put a door in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it's, wild. It's crazy. Insane. But, uh, uh, yeah. Good times. All right. Good times. So, Charlie, Dead yes. Heat. Dead Heat. That's the movie you made me watch. I so, did make you hey, be, be thankful. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, we're talking about that later. You should be so, so thankful. <laughs> we, we will talk about that movie. We later. know he loves it. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, all I right. Know. So, uh, Dead Heat, Tristan, go ahead and please. We've talked about the guests that were in this movie. The the I, I say guests, I mean they weren't guests. They were just the the supporting cast that we didn't expect. You know, when Charlie first told me this, I looked it up and I was like, "We whoa, missed Darren McEvan." Yeah, let's say yeah. We we haven't talked about Darren being in it. Yeah, I'm like you I'm know? like whoa, uh, Darren McEvan's in this. Raw That's deal. Uh, Billy Madison's well, dad. Oh yeah, I, the, the dad from Christmas Story. You know. Yep. And I'm like, whoa, okay. There's Ralphie's dad. He's got a newsie. That's pretty cool. Oh, there's the the elect- the uh, the medical hologram from uh, from Voyager. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, Robert you Picardo. Know? Yeah, and I'm watching all this stuff, and I'm like, there's the the Mogwai guy. That's cool. Who was again? Who was your favorite from this movie that you would have liked to have seen? Maybe a little bit more mm, story out of, or maybe some more. Uh, focus forward of that character and that actor, oh, maybe. definitely robert picardo like um for those who uh, don't know who robert picardo is we're talking about with the hologram he was in gremlins 2 um he at the beginning of the movie when uh roger and doug uh, are there's there's you know they're got that shootout with the you know the, the zombie diamond heist guys 
and Roger's like, hey, Lieutenant, let me borrow your car. And he's like, no. I felt like that character should have continued on, and every time someone just needed to get royally screwed, it should have been him, and it should have been Roger or Doug doing it in the process. Like yeah. That was the one character I, I wish we had more of in the movie, definitely. Yeah, he would have been a great foil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He could have been in the Chinese restaurant when everything came to life, when he was just trying to get food. Yeah, he could have been like in the corner just eating dinner by himself because no one really yeah. likes him, you know. And he's just like, "Oh, you, Roger Bordis," you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they it, that brings up a real weird thing they were talking about when they're getting chewed out from the captain about what they I loved did. it, and he he's like, "You're used you used an unregulation weapon," and Mortis raises his hands, going, "Yeah, that was me." I'm like, he didn't have a shotgun until he got in the car. So that was right? the other guy's shotgun in the car that he used. I'm like, why are you not chewing that guy out? That obviously wasn't his gun. Do you notice that Mortis changed uh, sidearms too? At the initial shootout, he had a revolver, long-barreled revolver, and yep. then later on, he had an automatic. Yeah, that was kind of yep. weird. You wouldn't change your sidearm. You know, you'd have not, the one you want to use. Think. So I don't know. That's the kind of things I pick out of movies that drives me nuts is continuity issues like that. I yeah. don't care what movie it is. I don't care when it was made. Continuity issues piss me off so bad because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching. Oh, I hate it. So he's much. the only one aiming. And I, I did love. So Dan messaged me as he started this and he goes, you know, this is where's the first movie I've ever seen that a cop car didn't stop a bullet. <laughs> Every cop car got annihilated, and cops are dying behind. So the many cops car. get shot in the beginning of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah there so, was like seven hundred and twelve dead cops, and then all of a sudden, Piscopo's playing darts back at the precinct after getting yelled at by the <laughs> yeah. the chief for five minutes. I'm like, what in the holy hell is this? Yeah, no, and he might have been a little bit more busy with half a dead police department. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong here. All I'm gonna say is. I love how every time the the camera was on Piscopo, he did a different flex of his arms. He was always like pumping the biceps when he's doing the darts. And then he leans on the desk backwards and he flexes the, I guess it's the triceps on the Mm -hmm. back of his arm. And he's got him like punched out as far as possible. You could almost see him like shaking a little bit because he's flexing. I was just, I love, I love Piscopo. He's he's great in this. The world so, needed more Piscopo. Period. Well, I don't. I don't speaking care. of speaking of Piscopo, let me let me start with roundtable with this and and let's go ahead and Tristan. What is your favorite Piscopo movie? I, Not you're going to talk about Piscopo so much. Well, I mean, Dead Heat. I, I, honestly, this is my my, my favorite movie. Is but I mean, I loved him. He's got a very small role in King Kong, but uh, I love Johnny Dangerously. Um, and Wise Guys was really good, but it's dead heat like for me it's nostalgically and then just the overall how much i love this movie it's got to be dead heat nate i mean can we just say sidekicks that we can keep talking about sidekicks that was mine oh, yeah That's i mine. forgot about that he was in sidekicks <laughs> he's sloan I, I, yep. that was that's that's my favorite because that's what i grew up with was joe piscopo in sidekicks he was he was the 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 i don't know what would be the right word Crease, Crease, John Crease. Yep, yep. He's, he's the Crease. That character in this is like Kurt Sloan or something like that. Yeah. And he keeps showing up in the kids' daydreams and always getting his <laughs> ass kicked. And I love 
every bit of that. Uh, but Dead Heat close second. Uh, that's for sure. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> they as mad because you mentioned sidekicks. Yeah, I mentioned sidekicks, you know, one time. And I will say this. Even in Star Trek The Next Generation, when Data wanted a comedian, who popped up? Oh, yeah. It was Joe, Joe Piscopo, Piscopo yeah, on the holodeck. That's right. right. He did. Mo- I got a movie idea. Okay. All right, Nate. What's your <laughs> Buddy movie Cop idea? movie. Okay. Steven Seagal and Joe Piscopo oh together. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be, that would be awesome. I'd totally be down for that. I, I don't know if I'd want to put Joe Piscopo through that, though. I really don't know if I want to do that to him. Here's the funny part. Nate hasn't noticed that I've muted him yet down here in the corner. That's what's <laughs> cracking me up at this point. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're back. That was your warning shot. Don't. Yeah. Don't the name's been again. said because once. Steven Seagal's name is Dan in this movie. That's twice, Nate. You've said yeah. the name. Man. That's I, it. Sidekick's good. I don't know how you could pick sidekicks over Johnny Dangerously, though. I, I'm, well, I'm just going to be honest. Johnny you know. Dangerously is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Keaton and DeVito, Dom DeLuise. It's it's the it's it's nostalgia. Nostalgia wow. is a hell of a drug. Yeah, and, and it wins I almost watched, every time. Yeah, I watched Sidekicks way before I watched Johnny Dangerously. You know, I can, so. then I can then I I understand that then, but it, yeah. because that's why like Johnny Dangerously, a I think it's done really well. The cast is really good in it, and and anyone anytime I get a Weird Al theme song, I'm I'm down for it. So I love Johnny Dangerously, but it's one of those things too where people could look and go, "That movie was really bad. Why do you like it?" And I'm like, "Well, because I was a kid watching it, and it it resonates with me. It's like you guys with this movie. I get it. It's you know, well, not Nate, you know, because he just saw it Tuesday, but yep. the rest of you guys, the res, you know, I understand childhood, you know, things. It's like yeah. uh, the Holy Trinity, Star Wars, mm. New Hope is not a good movie." It's not made well, you know, overall, but I'm going to fight anyone who doesn't like Star Wars. So it's like, you know, it's, it's the same thing. I get it though. And when it comes to this movie, I understand, you know, I'm watching, I've known Charlie for a decade and a half and I'm watching this movie going, yep, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, and I'm watching the, 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 the deli scene or the restaurant scene or whatever it was. I'm watching this and I'm like, what in the holy hell is this nonsense? And I'm watching, and I'm just like, and that's why I texted him. I was like, "Well, you had me until this," and he's like, yeah. "It's my favorite part." And I'm like, "I know, yeah. I know it was." <laughs> we are Roger Mortis and uh, Doug Bigelow. That that's pretty much us in life. Except right I'm there. the person that would look at someone and go, "I have to go pee pee." Yeah, we would flip flip the roles every once in a while. We're kind of an amalgam of both of them together. But yeah, you you would be the one's like I have to go pee pee. See, I'm 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 Bigelow in this scene. So, what color did you get? Uh, mulberry wine. It's a good choice. Brings out your eyes. Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. That 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 would be us well, in I that scenario, that right? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been that would have been me at that point. So. All right, so Dead Heat didn't do so well in the box office. 1988, before we started recording tonight, Tristan was talking about how 88 was a huge, huge year for horror movies. Do you think that had anything to do with this? Uh, I, As far as 
because I don't know how what, how what all action movies came out in, in that year, but 88 for horror movies, you're talking Nightmare on Elm Street had another one, Friday the 13th, Halloween had another one, Halloween 2 came out, Pumpkinhead came out, you had the brain, brain damage. I mean, it was chock full of horror movies that year. So I think that uh, definitely um, for 88, it had a lot of competition to go up against. Uh, I'm sorry, Child's Play uh, came out in 88 as well. And Killer so not Clowns just from outer space. Yep. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, but I mean, you, not just big screen. You also had a lot of uh, straight to video releases like uh, Catacombs came out. Maniac Cop, Lady in White, uh, The Unholy came out that year. Uh, let's 976 Evil came out that year. So I think that with the I mean large amount of horror that came out in eighty eight, I think it probably affected it at least a little bit. Well then you had Return of the Living Dead too. And if you want to go to zombie to zombie film, you know, even though I love Dead Heat more, Return of the Living Dead Two is is a, just a better film. I mean from a critic standpoint than than Dead Heat. So yeah, I think I think it hurt hurt it in the box office big big time. Well not to mention the fact it was rated R. And it's you know, I've even seen where it says um there were so many cuts to the gore and stuff that it was going to get an X rating because of all the gore and, and such. And they had to cut it down to an R rating. R rating films, as we know, just doesn't do as well in the box office. And, you know, historically speaking, do you think that if they would have somehow skinned this down to a PG 13 style? I mean, I, it wasn't PG 13, 88. I mean, I, but I, if they would have cut it down to something like that to get more, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I understand that they made this for adults. It's an adult style film with all the gore and this and that and the other in it. But the humor was on the sophomore side so much that maybe teens, you know, would have enjoyed this movie quite a bit as well. And that could have helped with the box office. It, it might have. But I mean, we're talking the late eighties, um, you know, for box office. I mean, you, you look at nightmare and Elm street four that came out the same year that had like a, f- you know, five, six million dollar budget, something like that. And it ranked in almost 50 million in the box office. Um, but on the same ter- token though, you had serpent and rainbow came out that year. I don't remember what its budget was, but it still did like almost 20 at the box office. So, I mean, R rated films at the time, especially for the blood and guts, it wasn't too shunned upon kind of like it is today. You know I mean? Like we just yeah, had like, mm-hmm. you know, Venom, let there be carnage just came out. And while we all wish that would have been R rated, they knew they had to bring it to PG 13 to increase what the pool was at the box office. I don't think that was that big of a deal in the eighties, especially the yeah, late parents 80s. Didn't care in the eighties. It seems no, no, no. I mean, I don't think they cared when it comes to any genre. Um, and it's like nowadays, it's all about that box office number and what you can hit yeah, globally. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, that's why RoboCop remake failed because it was PG-13. And it's like, that's not why you go to see a RoboCop movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, back when, you know, Charlie said in the past, like he's only he was only allowed to watch certain rated films and such. And, and, and the old man would kind of let him watch this and that. But as a kid, I watched, you know, Porky's and I watched, you know, for Elm Street and, and, and uh, Children of the Corn. And I watched a lot of this type of stuff, a lot of, you know, uh, language and nudity and, and gore and things. And nobody seemed to, you know, give a rip, I guess, what I was watching at the time. <laughs> we turned um, out fine. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm not really. Really? <laughs> I'm mostly okay. I, you know, I don't I mean, know about that. 
Well, I mean, this, this bottle here, never mind. We won't talk about that, that <laughs> bottle there off to the side, but um, it, it says I'm fine. It, I got a medical yeah. clearance now. Well, it's so, like uh, we'd set on Tristan's podcast where we did the Predator crossover. I didn't mm-hmm. know those jokes in the movie were there till I was 16. You yeah, know, that's how exactly. quick my dad right. was with the mute button uh, or Charlie, go get something to drink out of, you know, the, the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And I'm in that weird position now with my kid like where am i going to draw that line he we let him watch the shining the other day he asked he goes i want to watch this and i'm like i don't think there's anything that bad totally forgot about the full frontal nudity um from the lady in oh yeah in the tub but she turns into this weird scary skeleton so i don't think there was any chance of boner sticking around very long he's never going to want to get down now he's going to be like the first time some girl's trying to like kiss on him at the playground or whatever he's gonna be like nah i don't i'm not into skeletons i appreciate Which is just as funny because that happens in this movie too you yeah. know because that's when uh randy like melts she just got out of the shower she's only wearing a towel the only bit of nudity is dried up dead naked lady laying yeah. on the floor that that's not gonna work for me man <laughs> yeah decomposed boobs are great you know what which Tristan, like, tristan's like I, and i agree with him that whole segment i can see where a lot of the budget went i love that whole thing except for the last bit of skin on her face that almost like normally we would call it digitized but it was like layered on and then they like weirdly took it off so she could say i was sorry and then we got the skull talking it's the like, same yeah. thing they did with near dark with the fire on homer at yes. the very end so there's it's like the a same layer exact special effect superimposed you know, I, I, I gotta add because you hopefully people will laugh about this because you made me think about it with the shining and uh him watching that and the the, the full form nudity i remember no joke first time i kissed a girl all right like my girlfriend was in 94 and could not get out of my head like <laughs> you're such a child oh no i know i am um i'm the old man right? but yeah. when it happened the only thing i think about was the uh the the camping sex scene from jason goes to hell when he shoves that thing through that girl's body and ripped her in half and i was like no i can't do yep. this abstinence for life like <laughs> that's what, that's what <laughs> those movies, movies were Horror movies were fantastic, you know, anti-sex, you know, advertising. You do that, that's, you're that's going to You die. want to live. <laughs> that's exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, you've made a good ch- uh, a case. I'm just going to let Anthony start watching all of them and just be like, yeah. this, Son, is, this what is what happens. This is what happens. You keep, sure you want this? Keep it <laughs> yeah. in your pants and you'll live. <laughs> or you get a machete to the face. What do you want? Next time, when he's out with a girl for the first time, you need to sneak up in the bushes and when he's getting ready to make out and just go, dude, I will get a mask and jump in on that. Like, I will yeah. pull, get a, I'll oh, help you out I'm, there. I'm down. He, he can scream <laughs> things like fear boner and run away. And yeah, it'd be great. I say, I say we go dressed as Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo at the end of this. You know, we'll have oh, a whole like, half burnt face, which yeah. I swear I'm watching that going, man, he looks so much like, uh, bill from uh near dark oh whenever he, does. he had that oh yeah he really does on his face uh, bill paxton i was yep. like dude that is so gooey and gross but awesome the whole time crispy like, it was hanging off of him crispy yes and he's like crispy. picking parts off but he doesn't pick the big piece off and you're like just a little bit further back just get that one right no okay we're just gonna leave. he just looks it's so cool <laughs> oh, <he laughs> like did. once he comes out of that body bag 
he was like badass mode. I love that. Yeah. Scene. When oh, he comes so out good. of the body bag, I love it. And then he's like all all business. Like the cops got a gun. Like Shane Black, yeah, is a motorcycle cop, had a gun on him, and he just like casually walks up, reaches behind, and pulls out his badge. Detective Mortis, I'm on the job. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm That's what gun. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just worked. And I was just, I'm watching it going, Mm-mm, no, no, I don't, I don't care for that too much. Because, you know, like I said, I watch it and it's, it's the, it's, uh, it's continuity issues that, uh, like I said, I watch them and I just go, what are you doing? What is this? What's going on here? Um, uh, you know, but I'd already gone past the deli scene. So I was like, all right, whatever. You're just along for the ride. Once you see the deli scene, <laughs> yeah. you're along that. Yeah. And I'm watching it with Jackie and she about died when the first two goons that are zombified break into Randy's house. Uh-huh. And the black guy has like that underbite the whole time with his mouth open. Like, er, er, uh, and er, I was looking uh, off screen. Yeah. And she's crying. She's like, oh my God, what is he yeah. doing? Cause she's watching. <laughs> walking dead right now she's about done with that and she's like well he didn't go to zombie training camp that's exactly what that guy (laughs) yeah it was real bad as far as that goes um you guys were talking about the the effects the lady that was the um the head department head for that was Catherine fenton and she also had worked on the abyss the blob and nightmare on elm street oh the blob another 1988 movie Uh, yeah i just I just had that delivered today. Yes, on Charlie's Blu-ray. just arrived. I so did. I am. I am in a gooey rabbit hole right now with some of the movies. Yeah, from beyond really put us in a gooey mood. From beyond, and, so gooey. Uh, there's been a few others. Nate and I have a special one that will be later. We don't want to do too many gooey movies back to back to back, so we're saving a special uh, treat for later on on the horror episode. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to uh, dive into that one. Uh, yeah, so am I. So, I'm I'm just you guys. As you guys were talking, I'm actually just kind of flipping through the cast and stuff to see if there was any other um, uh, notable notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did see that there's a guy that worked in special effects named Shamu. Well, I want to work with Shamu. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. a guy named Shamu. Shamu, I, Professor Shamu. Toro Tanaka, all this cool stuff. I saw mm-hmm. Shamu work live at SeaWorld for a couple of years. Does, he does a great job. There you go. Now, you guys loved the butcher shop. The project foreman for that is a guy named Todd Masters who worked on uh, Slither and yes. the, yep. uh, the Haunting in Connecticut. Okay. And uh, uh, what is this? Legion TV series and SG1. Oh, that's the uh, X-Men show that was on FX. Yeah. yeah. He was actually uh, the prosthetic makeup designer for Showdown Little Tokyo. That's right. I'm looking that at makes that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. you what, this one is like very reminiscent of what they did even in that movie. You know, mm-hmm. with the exploding bad guys, the floating eyeball head, you know, just that kind of. It's kind of that kind of gore, but bumped up to 11 in this one, you know, yeah, but it no, definitely it, has that feel. It makes a lot of sense if you go back. And so it, as everyone's watching some of these movies now, after we talk about them, go back and look at some of the cast and the crew, not just the cast, but the crew and see the connections when it comes to these films, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, this feels like blah, blah, blah. Or this feels like X, Y, and Z. And you go back and find out, well, yeah, no wonder, because they also did this and they did that and they yep. did the other thing. And it's all one big conglomerate 
of of artists and technicians and and things of that nature that kind of I don't want to say stay in their own lane or stay in their wheelhouse, but they kind of do. And then as you watch that, you're like, oh, all right, that's kind of cool. I I understand that now. Uh, the well, special film is yeah, all the, about. With- with Todd, sorry, Nate. Uh, oh, no, you're good. Um, on this one is, is I just looked up. He did the all the mutants for Return of Swamp Thing, uh, for that movie. Oh, there you go. And nice. uh, and so I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, like this the special effects design that he did between Dead Heat and Return of Swamp Thing looks so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense that he's on both these projects. Yeah. Go ahead. And I was gonna say Nate. that with film, it's just it's all about networking. So the all these guys are probably very close of friends back in the eighties too. Of just like, check out this monster I made, check out this creature I made. Like, and I imagine there was also a little bit of competition of who could make the most gnarly or most sick looking creature oh, you would have to. that was going to get put on film. Cause I know that's what I would be is be very competitive as to yeah. what my monster was going to look like a or what blood kinda, gag I could get a friendly kind of competition. Between yeah, definitely. Makeup effect houses and stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's like what Nate and I had talked about with like Stuart Gordon, uh, that did from beyond, you know, that's the guy from the reanimator, bride of the reanimator, um, Dagon, you know, yep. these kind of guys know what they like and they know who they like to work with. And they just continue with those crew and those people. And it's nice when you start seeing these little either homages or even influences from others on movies. Like you find out maybe this guy studied under someone from a, a bigger, right you know, studio house or a studio effect house. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love this, stuff. but I, this, I also love this. I am a huge practical effect fan. Uh, digital and CG has its place. You, it would ruin this movie had they tried to do it. The one thing they did try to do is the one thing I think ruined it with her face because everything else is ooey gooey body parts flying. Yeah, when well, her in, arm in, falls in 88, off. I mean, yeah. the, the digital technology in 88 for special effects were not there. I mean, and like no. you guys were saying, you know, the connections with each other, you wanted to make sure that like, oh, hey, I know Jim from Troma and I know Steve from Stan Winston and I know uh, uh, Jim that gets me the good blow. And and I know uh, Phyllis over <laughs> here that makes the same, you know, everyone knew each other in the 80s like that anyway. So that's of course why that's why they all worked with each other. But yeah. Um, I just want to make the bloke uh, joke. I so, figured that's uh, where that was going. So it's yeah, good. Of course. Yeah. You did good. So thanks. Um, a comic relief on this one. So um, <laughs> good job, you know, Doug. Well, <laughs> no, I said comic. I said oh. funny. Um, so hey, right. the thing in <laughs> this, this movie, though, like you said, is digital would not have worked for this because it was not there. Right, it just wasn't there. No, it it wasn't. But I still feel like you lose something. I would rather. I like knowing that everything they experienced in that butcher shop scene is what they experienced. They had and things of gooey nature, puppets yeah. smacking them in the face, a giant side of beef, two sides of beef encapsulating Treat Williams, you know, a, a roasted pig trying to bite Joe Piscopo's face off. I love the fact <laughs> yeah. that that was actually happening right there on set. Isn't yeah. that how you said you wanted to go was being encapsulated by a giant side of beef? It's Charlie? one of the ways. There's, I, I have, so. you got to have several, but that's one. It's got to be in your top three. Oh yeah, slathered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in, in a one sauce, and he's he's good. Well, or if without he, a one, it's I don't even want to bother. That or he just wants to go down at the Autobahn here in Columbus at Schmidt's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do love uh, ch- choke on a, choke on a bratwurst. It's it's a uh, all you can eat buffet of sausage. 
Yes. And it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, Tristan, if you ever come to Columbus, come on up. We'll take you to Schmitz. And, and That's what we need you, to do. Me and Tristan will just jump in the car. We'll head up. We'll do a big crossover event with Pete. And everyone else, apparently, that lives up in Columbus will meet at Schmitz, eat, and then we'll try to go through, through a podcast afterwards <laughs> yeah. as we're all just like, oh, I'm 100 percent in 100. If you do it during the Arnold Fitness Classic, you may see him there. Yeah, we can always run into Arnold, too, up there. Yeah, there's zero predators at that Arnold Classic event. I looked. You can't say that. You can't <laughs> no, say that. No, there's legal. just zero predators. I'm telling you. You can legally not say there's zero predators. Nate, Nate, you and I have been to the campus area plenty of times. There's plenty uh, of predators there, Nate. Come on now. That light bulb just went bing right above <laughs> yeah. Nate's head. <laughs> what did that say? I'm telling you guys, Blake, I was searching all yeah. over for a predator. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Nate has comprehension, and he almost just spit his water bottle. That's, that's yeah, it, oh, away from the laptop, Nate. Away from the laptop. Yep, away from the laptop. Yeah, go the other direction. Dan, you were right. earlier, or just yeah. ago about yeah. the the why this didn't do so good in the box office. Yeah, and I, I didn't think about it, and and this was distributed by New World Pictures, which is huge in the eighties. Yeah. And yeah. They are home to a slew of cult classic hits uh, on themselves. But that's one thing they were definitely known for. They were not very good as far as promoting theatrical runs for their movies. I mean, you've got a lot of people that started their careers from from that company. I mean, Galaxy of Terrors. Of course, now, uh, you got, uh, gosh, uh, Forbidden World, um, Humanoids from the Deep, a lot of B-movie horror movies that are cult classics all came through there. Got to 85. New World Pictures, yep. thank you all. Um, so, I mean, they had a slew of great movies that were huge on the home video market, but they just never seen, well, gosh, Death Stalker, you know, uh, mm-hmm. was another good one. Um, everything that, we love. Yeah, everything, everything we, we love. But they yeah, never like had a good, you know. they didn't do a good job promoting theatrically, I think, well, to push these ha- movies. They didn't have the, but the rule of thumb was, whatever your budget was, even back then it was like half of your budget or even double your budget for promotions. But if you weren't Mm -hmm. like Warner brothers or Paramount or any of these others that were dominating, you didn't have the money to compete with that. And also it's not like these movies went to every single theater. They had to convince theaters to buy the, the movie to play. So there's a whole nother dynamic of, Hey, we have this action horror movie. That and may not play well in some places. Hard parts too, like when you have these R-rated movies, a lot of them could not even have a commercial on the TV until after like 8 p.m. Yeah. Right. So yeah. now you're right. even limiting your audience of who's actually seeing your trailer, which is right. going to make it 10 times harder to make money off of because of it being an R-rated and film. buying the, the, the ad space on, yeah. you know, I mean, you're talking 88. There's three channels mm-hmm. most people had. So if you weren't on NBC, CBS, or ABC, Nobody saw it, you know, but, uh, I will say that he, uh, Terry black was approached about doing a sequel at some point. Right. And, uh, he, he even tried to go like, I can't do that. Both of my leads are dead. And the guy looked at him and goes, it's a movie about a resurrection machine. I think you can figure it out. Um, (laughs) but nothing ever came from that. Unfortunately, I would have loved, I would have loved a sequel. I'd love a sequel now. Give me, give me. Uh, either yeah. new guys or it would work. Give me old Treat Williams and old Joe Piscopo. Yeah, because then you can make jokes about why do they look so old for being dead? 
Okay, so yeah, you're talking about how many theaters they opened in. Uh, just because I was wanting to see what, what kind of distribution that they have. Uh, Slugs, which is another cult classic film yep. done by yeah. um, New World Pictures, came out um, in the same year, '88. Actually, it was only released to seven theaters in the United States. Total. Oh God! So wow. yeah, <laughs> so, not many you know people what? were buying their movies. That no. number is not bad that they got for, <laughs> for their slugs. open. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that's pretty good for that few of theaters. You know, it's not like it went nationwide like we're used to now. You right. Know? That's, that's why we're seeing a recent. The, the big thing now is independent movies are like send us to streaming, get us mm-hmm. to that audience now. Like Shutter's killing it right now. That mm-hmm. everyone's scrambling to get on the shutter because and shutter is also doing it as they'll put a movie on there but also i can go into walmart and buy any movie that's on shutter right now i mean yeah, it just has a shutter exclusive like yeah, sticker on they're, the, they're uh, nailing it that's case. i mean that's what i bought psycho gorman was i found it at walmart for ten dollars you know oh, that's I, another great one i love that movie i so do yeah i showed that to some friends over the weekend and uh, i don't think they knew what to expect no one does till you start watching that Dan, be glad I haven't made you force it. It's coming, Dan. It is coming. (laughs) Oh, it will be coming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as we get towards the end of this episode, there are, of course, a couple of big things that we still need to hit. Charlie, are you ready? Sure. I'm always ready. Yeah. all right charlie then what is the body count of dead heat well this is going to be difficult considering we haven't even gotten to the main shootout of the movie yet i was gonna say <laughs> we are missing the complete amazing last third of the movie yeah. well, we're going to get the final act we're going to get there okay so we're just we're just off the rails totally tonight then we're just doing this early yes okay um, the body count is 32. Okay, so 32 dead people in this movie. Quasi-dead for some. Okay, so that counts Roger, and that counts Doug, that counts... That, that counts the cops at the beginning, the multiple people that die at the end we haven't talked about yet. Does uh, that count? Does that count Dr. Everest twice? <laughs> yeah. It, well, see, I, I don't think see, it, we got to talk about that. I'm dying see, to talk about that. See, <laughs> see, all right. That's so, what makes this difficult because we haven't okay. even talked about the dead dead. That okay, me and so, Nate yeah. have coined. There is now dead dead. Yeah, all right. There's Nate, dead dead. Please explain dead. Mostly dead. What movie is that from? Mostly. I'm drawing a blank. Princess Bride. He was only mostly dead. Mostly. And. So what's the difference between dead and dead dead, Nate? So dead is just the person's dead, but dead dead is when the person comes back after they've died and then they die again. That's dead dead. dead. Oh, the old double D, huh? Oh, yeah, the old (laughs) old, double D. The old Texas double D. That's what we call it around here. (laughs) The old double D. (laughs) All right, Nate, please regale us with the final hurrah of dead heat start with well, the motorcycle Roger, huh start with the motorcycle i was gonna start with the ambulance scene 
Perfect. Oh, there you go. I, yep. I didn't want to pe- pass any of that awesome. You know what? The, I will. The el- the uh, ambulance scene was the one shocking moment for me in this movie. So our villain is revealed to be Dr. McNabb, Billy Madison's dun, 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 dad. Dun. He ends up being the bad guy. He the captures Roger. Christmas story. <laughs> Not a finger. <laughs> oh, he captures Roger, throws him in an ambulance, and just is like, yep, I already killed your ex-girlfriend. I killed Doug. I've killed everyone you love, and you're just going to be done for. Roger ends up well, using his toe, right, basically? to, or Yeah, he to, kicks it uh, into gear. Kick the uh, van into gear, the ambulance, and it starts to roll downhill. And this thing starts to gain speed, and it does in a magnificent crash that is just filled oh, with glorious. like 80s explosion. This isn't fireworks. This is um, just fire, just straight up fire and bombs, and you name it. Let, let and me, the let cops me elaborate arrive. one second. Let me elaborate one second yeah. on that. So in their thought of how awesome of a car crash can we make this, it's not just a van rolling down the hill crashing into things. The van hits the car in front of it, which causes all the accidents to happen before the van gets to them so that more cars are sideways or stopped in the intersection so then it can blow through and do a spectacular jump flip turn in midair land on its side and explode but only in the front it didn't explode in the back and that's where i don't know how nobody was killed during that stunt (laughs) because the girlfriend and he were already dead yep confirmed (laughs) (laughs) not dead dead just dead they were only dead so Roger's now placed in a body bag because, you know, another ambulance shows up and he just unzips himself. We've already talked about this. He gets he on the undertaker's motorcycle. up. Yeah, he undertakes smoke up. comes out of the bag like it was one of those. Um, was it the uh, uh, bird's eye steam in the bag dishes that you put in the microwave? <laughs> <of> peas? <laughs> you open it, and the steam comes out. I and was he wondering where up. you were going. That was great. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I, I like that bit. But now he is in full on I don't give a shit about anything mode. No. Nope. And he is packing like grenades and Uzi. Uh he's got some explosives tied around him. And he goes wait, back wait. to the lab. But this is that's before that's after he gets on the bike. He gets yeah, on well, the he bike gets on the from, bike from Shane Black, who's the cop. He gets the bike and takes off. And then as he's going to barrel into this place. He hits the the chain, flies off the bike, flies through the window, hits his back, slides by the the, the security guard, and guns him down with the pistol first. Yes, it is. And the I was like, I watched that. I went action move ever. I was like, that's so a good. good stunt. I like. He's that had one. full realization that he's immortal, or you know, nothing's yeah. going to hurt him, so he doesn't care because he's not and dead. Just dead. like he just right. starts shooting everything that's in this lab. He's Meanwhile, Terminator walking. He's yes, he Terminator is. walking yeah. through the lab, firing yep. his uh, Uzi, and he gets into a thirty-second, I kid you not, shootout where this one zombie and him are just shooting each other with their Uzi nonstop. They Jiggling. just keep blasting each other, and they're moving left to right, left to right, and eventually the one zombie is getting shot so many times that he gets pushed into the oxygen oxygen chamber that killed Roger previously yep. in the movie, and it's just amazing. And all this is happening while Vincent Price is actually alive. The whole time in the movie, you thought he was dead. He is unalive. (laughs) He's monologuing this whole time. Dressed up like Colonel Sanders, 
and <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, given this like speech of how now all these rich people that are in this room can live forever. He will grant them immortality, but it will be at a price that they can afford. Everybody dies, rich and poor. Death doesn't discriminate. <laughs> at least not until now. <laughs> That's great. So it's perfect it's Vincent Price. Yes, and he even tells them, like, you can afford this, but don't worry. You'll have your entire life to regain your riches. He is doing what I assume Bezos is doing right now, or at least 20 <laughs> years from now. This is just future Bezos. If you keep yeah. saying that, we're going to get shut down. Don't do that. Hey, we have good listenership on Amazon, Nate. Stop it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> I will fly on the penis-shaped rocket into space. It's no problem. It's not That's a right. problem at all. Talk me to the moon. <laughs> Well, eventually Roger makes his way into that lab. Okay, okay, and... I'm gonna stop you there because you cannot just say that. Okay, okay, okay. This is you take it over. You go. S- this is the second greatest entrance he gets. So we get the guy that he he shoots into the oxygen room. He hits the button to close the door. Before the door closes, he throws a grenade into the room. The door shuts. He turns around, walks through the big doors where the meeting is. The instant the grenade goes off is when the doors open, and there are body parts and debris yes. in yes, glorious everywhere. It's, it's as, one of those scenes where you see like your action star, you know, Wolverine, the Wolverine, yes. you know, where he's walking and then everything is just blowing up, explosions behind him. But instead of fire, it's just blood, guts, and it, body parts. It's it's bits and pieces, and he doesn't flinch, and he keeps walking it's, into the room. Guys, don't Tristan, look at explosions. Nate, it is exactly what it looks like when Charlie comes walking back from the, the sausage buffet at Schmidt's and he's just walking <laughs> slow and sausage and, and uh, potatoes and, and mac and cheese just flying every direction. People are scrambling for what was left. Yep. Uh, and, and Charlie comes walking and sits down with his root beard. And, and I have just a biggest smile on my face because it's also the other thing is Roger is enjoying most of this. He gets oh, into yeah. it. He's another- having a blast. He gets into another gun battle. So you're also going, okay, you're all dead. Why is everyone still shooting at each other? Because it's not working. <laughs> and he he realizes this because the gun runs out of ammo and he grabs the, the next thug and throws him into the electrical panel behind him and electrocutes <laughs> the guy. It's glorious. I, I, I can't say enough. Just in those two scenes, the motorcycle and the grenade explosion. Perfect action got- movie thugs that are shooting at him and while they're shooting him he's like telling uh roger's telling people like duck and the rich people aren't ducking so they're getting shot by oh, yeah, they're all own, getting mowed down they people. all die he's like i told you to duck <laughs> he's yeah. just being a smart yeah. ass Vincent and then price is trying to run away yes yeah, he's finally about to get to mcnab <laughs> yeah but doesn't yeah. yeah Vincent price like hangs out in the doorway like for the whole last part of the movie. <laughs> yes, he does. He's like, I'm not going to leave because I'm intrigued what's going on. <laughs> and the whole time, Roger doesn't care about him necessarily. He just wants to kill Ralphie's dad for killing him originally That's in the all vacuum he wants chamber. To do. Yeah, because yep. he killed his friend. He killed him. He killed his uh, girlfriend, ex girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, 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 kills randy the other girl even though you know he was the one keeping her alive no, no randy was the little brother no, no that's, randy was that's the girl that's a different movie dan that's, <laughs> oh i got oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so what at what part did they go eat chinese turkey 
That was the butcher shop. Remember when they cut the 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 uh, head off? Smiling <laughs> at them. I it forgot. was That's, smiling. Yeah, yeah there you I go. Got it. Yeah, I I understand now. Now I'm I watched the wrong movie. I think, boys. <laughs> Fifteen years of friendship to bring that joke around, boys. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah, that's good times right there. All right, oh. so so then he's fighting. He's this so the big the, reveal. The big reveal. The, the big reveal. Yes. Uh, yes, Tristan, get us for the big reveal, baby. Okay, so bring it home. After he's destroyed everybody, blowing them all away, and just blood and guts, gooey greatness. He shows up, and we find out that as McNabb is standing there. He has already killed Doug, which we know. Dun, we saw earlier. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. And what he does is, is he uses the resurrection machine to bring Doug back. And it's Doug versus Roger. And Roger tries his best to plead with his partner, his lifelong best friend. And he uses Sludge's favorite quote from the movie with the right shade of lipstick and brings Doug full circle and then goes to take out McNabb. And McNabb will not give them that opportunity and decides that he's going to shoot himself in the head. And it pisses Roger off, and Roger's like, you stole this from me. You cheated me. You cheated me from that. (laughs) Doug's like, wait, wait. No, he hasn't. And they decide to throw him up on the resurrection table to bring him back and introduce us to what Nate has called Dead Dead as they kill him a second time just for gloriousness. Glorious. Oh, it's so good. I love Tree Williams at this, and Joe, where he goes, you want to see what happens when we do it twice? (laughs) I don't think so. And this is the best. This is like grenade explosion earlier, but on the little tabletop of the resurrection machine. He is gone into tiny little bits and cloth. It is so gooey, bloody, glorious. If I love anyone, this ending. If anyone wonders what why you poke the holes in a baked potato before you put it in the microwave, this is why. <laughs> you watch this scene right here. That is yeah. it, man. That yep. is yeah. it. Oh, uh, it's, it's it, so it, good. It's what happens when you microwave the popcorn too long in the bag and it pops. The bag pops. It's, Nate, it's basically what happened. Nate, won't you go ahead and tell us about the very, very end with uh, Vincent Price? God, no. I Let you. Let you do it. Oh, let me do it. Well, yep. while the machine has blown up the, the, uh, the, the coroner twice, they decide to let it just overload. It is going nuts. And Vincent Price is begging them don't let it go we could live forever i'll i'll fix you we'll we'll do it all we'll fix it and they're just like nah and they you turn can live around forever. and unload every bullet they have left in their arsenal to the entire like computer wall surrounding everything they're shooting the resurrection machine vincent price is still in the doorway begging them the entire <laughs> time like a, <laughs> nothing there, there comes a point where you can't save it man you can't save it. Nope. Vincent Price stays in that corner begging them to stop <laughs> and to save it. I need someone to superimpose Vincent Price, that same scene, into the end of Rambo 2 when he's shooting the entire computers and all that. <laughs> Just, I need that to happen now. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's kind of a perfect thing. It's the two of them just unloading yeah. and just, just destroying and all Vincent the computers. Vincent Price just pleading to Rambo, I can make you immortal. You can live forever. He's just like, <laughs> just shooting everything. Uh, Nate has embraced the action part of this. I'd podcast. watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. And then we get our heroes walking away, not into the sunset, but into a fog bank. 
very yep. odd kind of. Uh, uh, well, well, they're they're kind of walking into the light, kind of into yeah. the yeah. fog. You kind of you know, yeah, you kind of get this white lit afterlife. Yeah, and uh, I think we got. Do we have the drop for that one now? Hey, Rod, you think we'll be reincarnated as what? I don't know. Maybe you get a choice. You can be whatever you want. We edited that because um, it was the eighties. Because <laughs> you can say <laughs> um, things you can't say because. now. Right. I, I think either Dad would have hoped it went over my head, or I would have had to go get a Dr Pepper out of the fridge. But uh, <laughs> check out the movie if you want to hear the rest of the joke. Boy, go fetch me a Dr P. Yeah, that's it. But uh, exactly. That is the glorious end of Dead Heat. And you get and, the glorious Dead Heat theme song. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right after that. And while that's playing, all of us are shouting, sequel, sequel, sequel. That's exactly yes. it. I don't know, man. I don't know how you do a sequel. <laughs> Everyone's dead. They have a resurrection machine. Uh, but not figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently a miniature resurrection machine right. floating around. They still had the one in the office or at that yeah. tools place that could use it. Because all they they shot it, but apparently you can fix things after it's shot according to <laughs> Vincent Price. Yeah, who needs Viagra when you have that machine, right? <laughs> you can just yeah. flip the little three inch switch and you get your three inch switch going and you're good. You know, to go, man. that you asked Tristan earlier about what character would you wanted to see more. I think I would have wanted to see more of Mr. Thule and why he had a miniature resurrection machine. We well, had he, had Mogwai. he had Mogwai. Of course he has a, a miniature <laughs> resurrection yeah. machine. Backup for an yeah. unruly customer. I mean, uh, that that's the guy I want the backstory for. I want to know how, you know, Professor Toro Tanaka, I just love saying his name. You know, mm. his name is Butcher. That's what he's called in the movie. Sure, yeah. But I want their backstory. I want how they hooked up, you know, their, their I friendship. I would like to- well, I'd like to think that Thule knew Egg, Egg yep. Shin See, from that... uh, uh, from uh, Chinatown in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know how you butchered that <laughs> so badly. What it's... he was a... <laughs> it, 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 okay. Well, you know it ain't I mean. showdown in Little Tokyo. It's big no. trouble in Little China. Yeah, but uh, it was Chinatown in San Francisco. Okay, is where that takes place. I can't fix this joke for you, Bubba. Uh, it's not a joke. That's where the Big Trouble in Little China takes place in San Francisco, in the Chinatown there. Okay, bub. I've been there. I know you have. <laughs> are you, Did are you, you get done? Cool sunglasses? <laughs> don't, 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 don't give him anything. Just let it die. <laughs> let, it, <laughs> let it be dead, dead. Nate, dead, dead. <laughs> there it is. Speaking well, of dead. Yeah. This isn't going to make sense for anyone listening to this yet until the Halloween episode drops, but I got some other zombie occupational movies that I think need to be made. Okay, everyone's going to understand this bit, but I think we let Nate go because this is this is this is gold. You guys are going to so, love this. I would wait, wait, wait. Can he do it without wearing a Nickelback shirt? Oh no. my god! This is my uh, this is my jam jams. Shirt. It's sleeveless what? too. That Am way I'm more versatile. At? Dude, I used to work at Hot Topic. I used to get shirts for like three bucks. Yeah, but like spray paint a red X or something over <laughs> yeah. it. I, I don't know. No. Ew. Dude, bomb of every bottle. I could yeah, I could have spent that three dollars much more much more wisely. Well, it's because they didn't have a Creed shirt. That was the problem. Ew. <laughs> they Double. got bubble gum down the hallway somewhere. I'm sure. I'm scotch tap. No, just no. Nate, do your occupation occupational zombie movies. 
All right, so these are other movies that a zombie would have because we have Zombie Cop now. Yep. So the first one would be, this really isn't occupational, but Zombie Zombie. This is a movie about a zombie that has to eat other zombies to survive. The problem is the humans are not going to know if the zombie zombie is on their side or just a normal zombie. Zombie zombie. It's brilliant. That's deep, Next man. we got Dr. Zombie. Doctor. This is a zombie that's a surgeon, uh, but he's got no limbs. How's he going to perform the surgery without limbs? Don't know. Tune in to Dr. Zombie, a wacky comedy. This is Next this we got construction worker zombie he um he's you know trying to put together buildings but there's one time where he tries to pick up something heavy and his arms just completely detached and he goes or and that's just construction dude like (laughs) i think that would that one right there would be brilliant because the movie should be nothing but like mr bean style comedy yes his arms get ripped off but then like he's in a construction site so he can get a nail gun or you know something and just start putting himself back together again the whole time stapler stapler. yeah put his arm back together duct tape that's that's the four star one right there this is my co-host guys (laughs) yep i've got astro zombie This is about a zombie that lands on the moon. This is actually a very dramatic piece about everyone telling the zombie that he'll never be an astronaut. He's not going to be able to ever prove himself. And he's (laughs) lost everything that he's ever had. You know, never mind. You know what? He's going to prove him wrong. He's going to go to NASA. He's going to do the astronaut test. He's going to go through that like really fast spinny thing. And he, damn it, he makes it on the moon. One small step for zombie. One large step for zombie kind. I'm I'm sold on that one right there. Sold. <laughs> that, that that one happened this week with Shatner. It yeah. really oh, yeah, did. Yeah. The footage of that is absolutely adorable though, because he's just like, oh, wow, oh That's wow, space rocket. But he's not wearing an astronaut suit. <laughs> he's not. Rocket. Man, because they just went to just a little. They they reached the tip. <laughs> Nate, I love how you you, you sounded like. Uh, Shatner right there, but your tone was more George Takai. Like, it, yeah, all, exactly. All at once. They just merged together in yeah. my head. <laughs> now, my last one, oh, boys, because this is an action movie podcast, Okay, we remake Roadhouse, but Dalton is a zombie. Everything else is the same, but Dalton is a zombie. So instead of be nice, you just bite him. So whenever <laughs> any of the guests get unruly, he just bites them. Now the problem is that whole tiny town is being overran by zombies. The double deuce is now the zombie deuce. And that one guy at the end still gets his throat ripped out. As long as I got that, I'm I'm in. Yep. Okay. I'm in if a zombie is driving Bigfoot down the street running. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, everything (laughs) is exactly the same. So as they turn into zombies, the same stuff still happens. The only thing is Sam Elliott lives. Does the bear come to life? Oh. And we get a butcher scene, like in this movie, Yes, with the trophy room from Roadhouse. Yes, and now everything that's dead in there comes to <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, all the animals are moving back and forth going, you got your mind set on me, I got my mind set oh. on you. So the blind guy goes around trying to capture, like, eyeballs so he can try and get his eyesight back so he can play better. <laughs> Nate, you've you've infected us all with your zombie career day. The problem is the sex scene in Roadhouse is going to be very awkward. Oh, yeah. That that, that would. Yeah, it's not really going to work. But Sam Elliott still lives. So, you know, we got that going for it. What do you mean? (laughs) 
Which sex scene? The he's going to live. I'm not going to kill him in the remake. No, no, but which sex scene? The one between Dalton or the one between the dude on his break? Dalton. Oh, okay. oh, I know which one. They didn't quite yep. make it into a sex scene, though. Didn't he stop oh, before? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Was, no you need to rewatch no, Roadhouse. Was, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was making a mixed drink. You know what I'm saying? I never <laughs> need an excuse to watch Roadhouse, but I don't, I don't feel like Roadhouse. I don't remember that one. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Um, so can yeah, we still, can we can we still can we reiterate? He's wearing a Nickelback shirt. <laughs> he's wearing a Nickelback sure. shirt. Sure, I'm just gonna say for the next episode. We we have already recorded our Halloween episode, so Nate's similar bit, we can't spoil it right now. Nope. Um went over fantastic. Uh this one not quite, but it some of them worked. It was a lot harder because I used all the good occupationals for the other one. I will say you did. And I, I hope yeah. the nickel back shirt hurt you. Yeah, it might hurt me too. This is true. You could have left the other shirt on. I was wearing an immolation hoodie earlier. Like I get some of my metal points. Yeah, but no. <laughs> nope, they got taken no. away with that shirt. They're all gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, old Pete. Three step all right. backwards is always what my life this is. This is what happens when body count gets done too early, Dan. Well, now we're going to <laughs> do you're this. You're happy one. with yourself, Dan. Oh, I'm going to be happy in a minute. It's time for the Ali Young rating system. And yes. we will start with our guest, our musical guest. Kind of like not you're gonna Nickelback. Be, not Nickelback. No. No. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Paul Lind, you be Kiss on the Halloween special. And please, Tristan, give me your Ali Young rating. We do ten here, right? No, we do change the ten. That's right, not the not the five like we do. Uh Ali no, eventually, we, event, eventually we may turn them up to eleven. Oh well, this then rating goes to eleven. Let's just go. Ahead to say, I mean, you you have me as the musical guest. There's nothing better than Spinal Tap. I'm giving Dead Heat an eleven. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> because you're the musical guest, yours can go to eleven. That's we right. allow it. <laughs> all right, Nate. Uh, all right, Nickelback. What do you got? Nickelback. I am giving this one a nine. The only reason it loses a point is because Doug died. I was not happy about that. I but wanted Doug he to came live. Back. Yeah. I know, but still, like the way they killed him off was off screen, and I refuse to believe anyone got the jump on Doug. Okay. I refuse to believe it. They killed him off screen, but we got to see the aftermath. And I gotta say, that's probably one of the more gruesome death it's scenes. They in tie the movie. him up completely and just let him drown in his own aquarium. Yeah, they hung him like, upside no. down. There's yeah. no way that would happen to him. I refuse to believe it. Oh my gosh. All right, Charlie, cadaver Charlie. Ah, man, this is glorious for all the wrong reasons. It really is. I won't lie. I love this movie. I have been a proponent for Treat Williams. As Tristan said, we did Deep Rising basically because it was Treat Williams. Yep. Um, I am a huge fan of Joe Piscopo. His health got bad, which is why he didn't have as much time in Hollywood as he should have, especially coming from like Saturday night live with some of the greats. Um, this movie gives me everything I want. It's a 9.5 on the alley on scale. A lot of gooey, gooey reasons that it's a nine five, but it is a nine five for me. Damn. It's really disgusting. <laughs> gooey, gooey, disgusting. Gooey. All right. I'm giving this movie two. Bring the average down, why don't you? <laughs> Big time. This asshole. Two. This, 
This movie sucks so hard. I think Danny's the Nickelback no, no, no. shirt. No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm give him the Nickelback. I'm gonna mail you one, Dan. So hard. No, no, I don't accept that because the last action sequence you were just as excited talking about. Yes, as we and were. that's why I got two because uh, you know I'll give it three. I'll give it a three because uh, that's true. I did like that last action sequence when he come flying through there on his back. That was cool. Uh, getting to hear Ralphie's dad use it, the F word was pretty awesome. And, and Vincent an Price and an Uzi and Vincent Price dressed like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool too. But really so good I'll, buddy cop I'll, stuff at the beginning too. I, I would give it a, I would I'm gonna I, I think Piscopo maybe said one funny line in the entire movie. Oh shut up. I Whoa, honestly, get out of here. I, I, I honestly, no jokes, no bits aside, did not laugh but maybe once in this entire movie watching it. I'm you're a guest. Can, can I fire are, him? Yeah, I, I know a guest. Dead inside. Inside. Dead inside. <laughs> and this. I'm just an ordinary guy on just a ordinary yeah. day, boys. You I'm see, Dan, to... the heat is what some people refer to as cops, and this mm-hmm. one's called dead heat because he's yeah. a dead mm-hmm. cop. Oh, so maybe I, that's what went over your head. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I misunderstood the whole concept and premise of this uh, overlooked Oscar-nominated film that should have got all the Oscars that year. I mean, the subtleties. His last name was Mortis. Yeah, I Come I on, got man. that. Yeah, I got that. I got that early on. I was like Mortis, huh? I abs- I absolutely <laughs> did at the beginning. It went Mortis, huh? Because he's dead. Gotcha. No, you, you're not allowed to bring the average down that low. That's yeah, too low. So low. Way Even too with low. Tristan's extra one, that gets you a four. <laughs> this no. movie, yeah, when this, we carry it over, movie, <laughs> this movie, as I would like to say, was dog shit. No. No. There's going to be some college nerd that's going to comment on Apple that's going to be like, Dan was the only one that was actually right during this whole podcast. They can quit listening. I'm editing this episode, too, so I'm going to go find another movie Dan rated, and I'm changing it up. That's exactly what I'm doing now. Most of the other ones only went to four and a half, so good luck with that, because that's before we changed this game. (laughs) That's true, damn it. That's you still higher than out a higher rating. This this movie was really bad. Yeah, I'm I think sorry. you did give Hellbound a higher rating. You gave Showdown Little Tokyo. You hated that movie a higher rating. Man, I could not give Hellbound a higher rating. There's no way. That right there is one Ali Young by itself. <laughs> <laughs> when he's right, he's right. Damn it! It's not wrong. I, I might give it four because Professor Tanaka's in this. Yeah, we have Sub-Zero in this movie. All right, so I'll give, yeah, it I'll give it a four then. Okay, so Sub-Zero gets one Alley Yong. The, bice- the the motorcycle sc- stunt gets one Alley Yong. The, um, uh, uh, Ralphie's dad using the F word in an Uzi gets an Alley Yong. And Vincent Price Sanders gets an Alley Yong. That's four. Uh, uh, and Colonel Sanders, Vincent Price. Oh, yeah, I said that one. Wake up, I'll give you four. Look. If we stood here another hour, we might get him to six, but we don't have that kind of time in the show. <laughs> I, so. I, Restart I the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, geez, old Pete. All right, you guys, final final thoughts on Dead Heat. Tristan, go. Uh, absolutely amazing. Dan's a liar. Don't listen to him. Nickelback. Go buy this on Amazon right now. What is it, five bucks, Charlie? Yep, I bought it. Yep, go buy it right now and then play this at a Halloween event because you need this in your life right away. Charlie? Uh, love this movie. I paid the five bucks. 
huge fan. I wrote an article about this. Go to ultimateactionmovies.com and you will find it in the Halloween section. I will put up a link once this episode drops too and we'll get everybody reading about it, loving this movie, bumping it up, getting us a sequel, all in the face of Dan. All right, everyone. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the Halloween edition. And I would like to thank our, you know, usual suspects. And that's Good Beer, Bad Movie Podcast, the Good Beer, Bad Movie Night Podcast with Pete and the gang over there. Thank you, guys. Poster Smash. I'm sure they will come up with some dead heat Poster Smash poster. They always seem to come up with one after each episode we do or before each episode. It just Yeah, sometimes they already have one in, ready to go. Yeah. Sometimes they're they're in our brains. Like when, our when brain. Dan messes up Big Trouble in Little China with Showdown Little Tokyo, they're ready it with their poster. Yeah, the only <laughs> difference is one of those movies is good. Uh, you can go ahead and make sure that you subscribe to wherever you watch or listen to this podcast. Rather, I'm la- it's late. I'm tired. So wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe, and that way you never miss an episode of this or give me back my horror movies with Charlie and Nate. We also would like you to go ahead and give us some uh, reviews and some comments on either, was it Apple Music or iTunes Music? What do they call it now? Apple. Apple Apple Podcasts. Apple Apple Podcasts. Yep, you can leave a review and uh, click the five stars. And Podbean also allows you to leave reviews, and I don't think they do stars, but they can just leave a review. Yeah, I think just reviews there. Yep. 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 All right, so do that. Follow us on Instagram. See what Charlie posts there. I'm sure it's pictures of Dead Heat on his DVD shelf. You can email us at gmbmampod at gmail.com. Once again, Pete, do it with me. gmbmampod at gmail.com. But make sure you check out the Facebook groups at this point because there are a few of them. One of obvious is the Give Me Back My Action Movie one. But also check out the Give Me Back My Horror Movies and the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. All groups up and running. Get in them all. Do it. I mean, if Nate can wear a Nickelback shirt in public, you guys can join a Facebook group. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, I wear it to bed, but it's not public. It's, look, man, I, I have to he see He breaks it. out yeah. his Chad Kroger stuffed doll. Right, right, right. Yeah, he had and to I see snuggle this. up against it. And I say, look at this photograph. photograph. All right. And, of course, the podcast, you know which ones to listen to. The Ultimate Action Movies over there, uh, the club that uh, Charlie had talked about. Check those guys out. Check out Sludgecast, the monster movie Stomp Down. I wish we had someone that could talk about that one. Uh, oh, wait, I can. Yes, <laughs> I am Sludge, the host of Monster Movie Stomp Down, where we review uh, great and bad monster movies from all across the world. Of course, we focus on Godzilla movies once a month, and then anything random at the end of the month. We try to do special Halloween things, and just like our brothers here at the Give Me Back series, uh, we have a Halloween special coming up right around the corner for you guys with yes. another 1988 classic being Pumpkinhead. Check it out for sure. Woo. We'll start calling Charlie Pumpkinhead. Look at the size of that melon. It ain't Nickelback. That's a sexy pumpkin head right there. <laughs> uh, that's true. It ain't Nickelback. And, of so course, beautiful. if you are in the Tennessee area, I know it's a big state, but if you're in Johnson City or Bristol, specifically go check out Mountain Empire Comics. If you're not in those areas, then you're in the wrong part of Tennessee. Go back and check those guys out. He's not wrong. Not uh, at yeah, all. He I, is absolutely I, right. I've, I've been to a few different places. Yep. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. I will give everyone one last chance to say something. Tristan, go.
I love you guys. Yeah, we love you too, buddy. Nate? <laughs> uh, just same thing. Just want to spread that love all over here. Nope. Keep your love yourself. You wear a Nickelback shirt. <laughs> love that track Kroger doll. That's what you get to do. Yes. I'm currently not speaking to you right now. <laughs> Good enough. For all of us here, we'd like to thank you for listening again. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat, everyone. Charlie? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.